Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 5th of August, 2021 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. If there is one thing that binds Hong Kongers from all walks of life together, it's food. Many have said that this city thrives on shopping, but anyone who's lived here for any length of time knows about the queues for cakes or the lineups for noodles. We love to eat, and we love to eat well. You might want to make sure you have a snack handy when you go to listen to today's podcast. Both our first story from Mandita and the second from Kristen may leave you feeling a little bit peckish. Before we get to today's stories, a dignified yet affectionate nod goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We are always grateful for your support, and we are listening. Special thanks this week go out to Dr. Kidney and our overseas listeners as well. This week in particular to listeners in Karachi in Pakistan, Vilnius in Lithuania, and Richmond in Canada. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our August 5th live show was fantastic and we had such a great time, even though the heavens did decide to open up just before we started. Our audiences and storytellers alike were damp, but amazing. Our next show will be coming up on September the 30th, and the theme will be Same, Same, But Different. Links to how to pitch and more Tell Any Story You Like workshops will be up on the website hongkongstories.com and on Meetup shortly. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with the story from our May 2021 show that had the theme, Curious, here is Mandita. The bakery from across the street where I live, uh, VT Bakery, makes some of the best macarons. These perfect circular shells, crisp, filled with airful pockets that make them really fluffy and these creamy centers of goodness that melt in your mouth at the first bite. They come in a box of four with a transparent cover. So there are these four pretty colors, the four different flavors that you can see. But you can also buy them singly by the piece, which is what I do sometimes, given my craze for sugar. But they're so light while being so scrumptiously delicious that it's a real tease to stop at just one. Anyway... Earlier this year in January, I had just finished teaching a very challenging lab that entailed a lot of hard work by some of my colleagues, by two of my colleagues. So as a thank you to them, I decided to bring them a box of macarons from VT Bakery. So the next morning, on a particularly hectic day for me, I stopped by the store and picked up a box for my colleagues. When I got to work, uh, I found my colleagues really busy prepping for the next lab. And so I decided that I would just give it to them later. I took the box to my office and set it by my desk. As I shut the door to my tiny office, the room filled with the smell of freshly baked macarons. You know what's coming, right? (laughs) As As the morning went by, the four pretty colors staring at me, teasing me. And so, soon enough, I thought, maybe I can eat just one and take the remaining three to my colleagues. So I ate the chocolate macaron. It was yummy, sweet, 
the right amount of sweetness, the perfect start to my morning. Now, there were three macarons. Three macarons and two colleagues. So I did the most obvious thing. I ate the orange macaron. This one was sweet, but with that tangy aftertaste. Mm. And then I thought to myself, why don't I buy these by the box more often? They're so yummy. And then I chided myself for, for this complete gluttony and lack of self-control. I really must do something about this. But hey, now there's two macarons and two colleagues. It's all good. I rationalized. Two colleagues who have no clue these two macarons exist. <laughs> and even worse, what happens when I take them a half-empty box? They would all know what I just did. How embarrassing. So I ate the strawberry macaron next. <laughs> it was fruity, yummy, and then I polished it off with the creamy coffee macaron. The perfect ending to my mid-morning snack. And that is how, by noon, I had finished all the four macarons myself. Yeah, I, I was deeply ashamed, but the deed was done. The rest of the day, having satisfied my sugar cravings, I tried to put all this guilt away and just pretend none of this ever happened. Weeks went by, the moment had passed, and uh, it was the week of Chinese New Year. And then I said, this is a good time to attempt giving sweet treats to somebody else without eating them myself. So I went back to Wheaty Bakery and I picked up two boxes of macarons, one for each colleague. I had built up a steely resolve that I was not going to give in to my cravings this time. I took the boxes to work. My colleagues were busy again. They're very busy people. And, but this time, I left the boxes for them with a note. I wish them kung hei fat choy and thank you for all the hard work for my lab from last week or for a few weeks ago. Later that night, on my MTR ride back home, I received a photo from one of my colleagues. It was her little son enjoying the macarons. He had the orange one in one fist and the pink one in the other and grinning widely into the camera. It made me really happy to see the photo. And it made me a little mad at myself. Had I not been so greedy earlier, this little boy could have been enjoying this several weeks ago, right? And then it also made me crave for the macarons again. <laughs> So against all that steely resolve that I had built up, I decided to go back to Weedy Bakery and pick up some macarons for myself. Um, and when I get there, I'm still feeling a little self-conscious about my sweet cravings. Uh, this is a very constant cycle of feelings I go through. The guilt, the temptation, the self-loathing. Uh, this craze for everything sweet that brings me back to the same shop twice in the same day. Anyways, when I go up to make the purchase, I realize I have no cash and the bakery only accepts cash. So I tell myself, this is a sign. You've had more than your share of macarons. Just let it go, right? So I try to explain to the lady that I'm not going to make the purchase because I have no cash and she interrupts me. She says something in Cantonese that I don't understand and asks me to wait. So I wait. I'm curious. My curiosity is now turning into slight annoyance because the cashier keeps scrolling through her phone while keeping me waiting. And a couple minutes later, she shows me her phone and points to something and sort of asks me if that's me. 
And I see on her phone a grainy video clip. And I look at the clip closely. And yeah, that's me. Okay, I, I see myself on her phone video. I recognize the shirt I was wearing from those days many weeks ago, the day I bought the box and ate it all myself. And I tell her, yeah, that's me. But I'm, I'm really, really kind of weirdly spooked now. What's, what's going on? Why do they have me on video? Okay, so maybe I buy more macarons than the average person. <laughs> but once I just bought some whole wheat multigrain bread and nothing else. Did they get that? Why, why do they have this clip? What, what's going on? Um, she tries to explain to me, but of course I don't understand, again, language. And she's gesturing to me and the macarons and the cash counter. And then I begin to realize this has something to do with the transaction, but, but I can't be too sure. Soon enough, uh, she finds a kind English-speaking customer, uh, customer to intervene. So I witness this volley of Cantonese between her and the customer, and then the customer proceeds to explain things to me. The security footage camera was what took that video. So the video is from the security footage. And um, it turns out, when I made that purchase several weeks ago, I paid with a 500 and took back change for 100 So the cashier made a mistake. I didn't realize either. And so the store went through their footage to try and figure out who had overpaid. And all they were trying to do was confirm that it was me so they could return my money to me. So um, this incident for me is quintessential Hong Kong. The earnest sincerity of the store in trying to track me down, pay me back my money. And it was Chinese New Year. Those were times our local businesses were going through really rough times. So it meant a lot to me, made it a very special CNY for me. I thanked the store for their honesty, went back home with a little extra cash and another box of macarons. <laughs> Thank you. This place is filled with really lovely people and really lovely macaroons. When Mendita was in rehearsal for this show, she did treat all the storytellers to a macaroon, just so they could check that they really were as good as she said. And the consensus was, they were. Remember, if you want to learn a, to tell a story as well as Mandita, you can come to a Tell Any Story You Like workshop, where our expert hosts will listen to your story and give you some hints on how to improve it. Find information on these on the website hongkongstories.com. And now with the story first published in August 2018, here is Kristen. When I moved to Hong Kong from New York five years ago, I knew there would be a lot to learn. I did not know there would be so much math. As many of you know, there is a lot of math when you, when you move to a new place. There's the currency. Fortunately, it's pretty easy here. Divide Hong Kong dollars by eight to get U.S. dollars. The metric system is harder for me to grasp. When it's 19 degrees Celsius, I don't know if I need a jacket. When <laughs> Americans in the front row. <laughs> when a friend says she's lost five kilos, I don't know if that's a lot. I get help with all of this 
from one of my lifelong teachers, my mom. My mom comes to visit shortly after I arrive in Hong Kong, as I am moving from my furnished temporary apartment to my unfurnished long-term apartment. My mom is not into math. She has trouble dividing long numbers, large numbers, and she doesn't know how to use the calculator on her phone. But she does have her own special calculus. It centers on bargains. (laughs) I'm cheap about some things, she says, so I can spend on the things that are important to me. This combination means that everywhere we go, my mom asks, how much does this cost? And we go everywhere. We go to Fortress for small appliances, to Horizon Plaza for two dozen floors of furniture, to Ikea for everything else. We like Ikea so much, we return two more times. On one of these visits, I'm looking for a mattress. We lie on the mattresses. They all feel the same. We flag down a salesman to explain the differences. Instead, he spouts off figures. This this mattress is 150 centimeters wide, 200 centimeters long. It costs 5,200 Hong Kong dollars. My (laughs) My mom moves into her special math mode. Cheap. The salesman looks at her. Cheapest. We want the cheapest mattress. (laughs) I don't know if it's a bargain, but I buy that mattress. While I'm at work, my mom lets various delivery people and service providers into my apartment. I leave a pile of money for them. I'm paying so many costs at once that I stop trying to add them up and just pretend I'm shelling out play money. Toward the end of my mom's visit, I have a work trip to Singapore. Of course my mom will come with me. My plus one. On the Friday night, we go to a casual seafood restaurant a colleague has recommended. It's a cheerful family place with red checker tablecloths and outside tables on the water. My mom loves lobster. I'd like to try pepper crab. We decide to get both. The waiter comes to take our order. He speaks softly and has an accent that's hard for us to understand. We ask about the market price of the crab and lobster. The prices aren't listed on the menu. We ask how much we should order. It's hard to hear him over the restaurant noise. I'm still unclear on the Singapore exchange rate and metric weights, and I'm confused by all the figures the waiter is tossing out. Stop trying to calculate the cost, my mom says. It's dinner. Let's get what we want. Here's her special math again. Save on mattresses. Spend on meals. We order. We sip our beers. We chat and watch the passers-by. It is lovely. When the waiter returns, he's carrying a platter a really large platter. It is piled high with crab and lobster. Enough for five people. (laughs) The family sitting beside us gives us a quizzical look. 
The waiter sets down our salad and two sides of vegetables. It looks like Thanksgiving, (laughs) Singapore style. My tiny mom and I tie our plastic lobster bibs around our necks and tuck in. The meal is delicious and daunting. We eat and eat, but we are barely making a dent in this pile of seafood. Finally, defeated, we set down our cutlery. The waiter asks if we'd like dessert. (laughs) Definitely not. We ask for the bill and takeaway boxes. As I pack up the leftovers, my mom scans the bill. Her eyes widen. She passes it to me. (laughs) (laughs) One salad, two sides, one kilo of crab, (laughs) one kilo of lobster. So that's what a kilo is. (laughs) I look at the cost. 800 Singapore dollars. Pull out my calculator. That is 4,700 Hong Kong dollars. 600 US dollars. So that's the exchange rate. (laughs) This is a very expensive math lesson. The next afternoon, after lounging by the pool, my mom and I return to our hotel room. We pull our takeaway boxes out of the mini fridge and set them on the table by the window. We dig into the leftovers with our plastic knives and forks. By my calculations, my mom says, this is a bargain. (laughs) Think how much we saved by not having to buy lunch. (laughs) Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. (laughs) У каждого есть что рассказать.